How many of you know what Betty did vocationally, retired from a little while back? She was a guidance counselor. She helped a lot of students. I don't know why she can't help Brian with some guidance, her husband. Turn to Revelation chapter 5. If I didn't love you, Brian, I wouldn't kid with you. And believe me, he gives it back to me as well. Revelation chapter 5. I'm sorry, chapter 1. See, I know he somehow or another just was thinking that I'd messed that up. Revelation chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he said and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ and to all the things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which were written in it for the time is near. I'm going to be doing something today I've been wanting to do for a long time. I want to speak to you on the subject of Revelation, the book of Revelation, not the whole book, but the book of Revelation since 1968. Sounds like an odd title, but it's not to me. Uh, in the month of August, in 1968, I was saved listening to Billy Graham preach on TV and called to preach. And uh, not knowing any better, the first book I studied verse by verse under a wonderful Bible teacher, Dr. James Clark, was the book of Revelation. How about that for a new Christian and a new preacher? But I think God knew exactly what he was doing by bringing that to me under such a capable Bible teacher who's in heaven today. And when I studied Revelation in 1968, 49 years ago, almost 50, I would come across certain passages of Scripture. And in 1968, I would scratch my head, so to speak, and I would say, this must be symbolic. There's just no way this could literally ever really take but I'm going to share with you today, maybe next Sunday morning and maybe the next Sunday morning, some of the things that baffled me 49 years ago because they just seemed impossible. So I would just say it's symbolic that not only are possible today, but are already taking place. There's no particular order except just the way it has come back to me. Okay, the first one, the worldwide viewing of God's two witnesses. We do have a PowerPoint, but if you want to turn in your Bibles to the passages, they are Revelation chapter 11. In Revelation chapter 11, uh, we uh, read, no, the, the viewing of God's two witnesses, Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. We read in chapter 11 that prior to the time of Christ's second coming. In fact, it seems as though it's three and a half years before he comes back. Uh, things are so bad for Christians during that time that God sends two supernatural witnesses 
to share the gospel for three and a half years prior to his return. And uh, this infuriates the Antichrist and his one world government because they're wanting to include everybody. And the gospel message certainly is inclusive. Whosoever will can come. But the word of God says that Christ is the only way and the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. So the Antichrist and the one world government is going to do all they can to shut these guys down. They don't want this preaching of the gospel one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. But the Bible says God is going to sovereignly protect them for three and a half years. No matter how hard the Antichrist and his followers try to kill them, they cannot kill them. God is going to providentially protect them. And then in Revelation uh, chapter 11, verse 7, it says, now when they finish their testimony, do you know you're not leaving here until you finish your testimony? Until you finish what God has purposed you to do. So when they finish, these two witnesses, their testimony, the beast, another name for the Antichrist, that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them and overcome them and kill them. In fact, this passage is rather amazing. My first Bible teacher, Dr. Clark, said everything God has, Satan is a counterfeiter for. And uh, he's even going to have his counterfeit Christmas. Folks are going to be so happy, the lost people who've taken the number of the beast, they're going to be so happy that these two fanatics are dead that verse 10 says, all those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. He's even going to have a counterfeit Christmas when these guys are killed. Now here's the verse that baffled me. Then those, verse 9, then those from the peoples, notice the plural here, tribes, tongues, and nations. It's worldwide. Now remember, I'm reading this in 1968. We'll see their dead bodies. Three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Now when I read that in 1969, I said, impossible. How can people from all over the world view these two witnesses' dead bodies in the streets of Jerusalem. How can that happen? Maybe it means different representatives from the different nations will visit and view it. Now we know how it can happen. We see it every day. 1976 to 1980 saw the beginning of the satellite TV industry. Do you remember those big dishes that some people got and put in their yard? They look like UFOs. And now, of course, it's much more advanced. Some people even have watches today that can connect to those satellites out in space. And we can see what's happening all over the world. In 1968, no way. 49 years later or even less, Yes way. Another thing that baffled me, the mark of the beast. Not that I didn't think it would happen, but I just couldn't understand how it could happen 
as the scripture was saying. So I said, it must just be symbolic. And I'm not saying we'll understand everything in the book of Revelation right now, okay? Revelation chapter 13. I was going to share seven to ten of these today and realized as I was going over this that uh, I would do well to just get three shared with you today. Maybe some more next Sunday and even the next. Revelation chapter 13 is a chapter that tells us about the Antichrist and his right-hand man. Politics and religion will go together and the Antichrist will be the one world ruler and he's just what the Bible says against anything Christian. And he will rule during the tribulation period and he will have a false prophet that uh, will lead the world to worship him as a god and to follow him in this new world system and this new world government. And one of the things that would be necessary for this one world ecumenical government to exist is a system of identification, just like we have flags today that identify our cause, and a system of existence, buying and selling. And so we zero in, if you will please, on verses 16 and 17. He caused the false prophet and the Antichrist. He causes all people throughout the world, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now understand, I'm reading this in 1968. And I'm thinking, boy, this must have a lot of symbolism. I just don't see how this literally could ever come to pass. I had three questions. Number one, it just wouldn't be socially accepted. Who's going to want to walk around with a tattoo on their forehead or their forehead? You see, in 1968, the only people that had tattoos were motorcycle gang folks and ex-World War II military people, especially if you served in the Navy. God bless you. And they were ashamed of them, often trying to get them removed. Of course, they didn't have back then what they have now, the Chips, I'm sure some of you on the, heard on the news about a month ago about some big company, and uh, uh, they're giving their workers these chips. They just put it under their skin with a needle, and it gives them all kind of access to this and that. And now, of course, they even have the infrared scanners. They could put something on your forehead or on your forehead that uh, would uh, be unseen by the human eye, but when you put those infrared scanners on it, you would see it. But they didn't have those around in 1968, at least not in Drew, Mississippi, where I was. How could this take place? It would be socially unacceptable. But my friend, it began in 2005, according to the research of Wikipedia. By the way, tattoo, the T-A in tattoo stands for strike, and the Tata, which is, I think, a Polynesian word, stands for Mark. 
Now, don't you leave here. I really have to say this in the second service because we've got a lot of youth. And say, Brother Jack said, if I have a tattoo on my body, I'm going to hell. I did not say that. And I won't say that. But I will guarantee you one thing. When you get your resurrected body, ain't going to be no tattoo on it. I was born with tattoos. They're called freckles. So I'm not saying you're going to hell if you got a tattoo. But folks, we've gone tattooed nuts. The movie stars have tattoos. The socialites have tattoos. The athletes have tattoos. The tattoo industry is the sixth fastest growing retail business in America. There are 147 million tattoo-related searches on Google each month. Television shows like Miami Inc. have become very, very popular. Who would have ever thought it? So I can imagine people are going to be so fired up about this new world government. Finally, peace. Man is his own God. Yes, put it on my forehead. I want everybody to know that I'm identifying with this movement. Well, I had another question. How can this mark be a means of buying and selling? Now, this dates me and it dates some of you. But you can just be silent. I'm the preacher. How can this mark be a means of buying and selling? The first barcode that was scanned was June the 26, 1974. It was a 10-pack of Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Gum. I haven't chewed Juicy Fruit since then. Do you remember the first thing you bought that they scanned that had that barcode on it and those little lines? I do. I was at the grocery store, and I'm almost sure it was Wonder Bread. I almost left it in the store. Some of our people, because they had studied the book of Revelation, they, they wouldn't buy it if it had a barcode on it. Well, now everything's got barcodes on it. I mean, it's just an accepted thing. But in 1968... I didn't see how this could ever literally be fulfilled. And this also implies a cashless society. Folks, in 1968, if you had $100 cash in your pocket, you were one big shot. $100 cash, because money went a lot further then. You could buy a brand new car for $34, dollars $38, $100 or something like that. My, how that has changed. Did you know that today only 7% of all transactions, only 7% of all transactions in the U.S. are done in cash? The credit card became the norm in the 70s and 80s. Now you can personalize them. You can get your puppy dog's picture put on there. You can get your kitty cat's picture put on there. CBS had an article not too long ago, and I quote, we may not need that raggedy dollar bill any longer. If any of you want to get rid of yours, Gary will be glad to take it, put it in the Acts 1-8 building fund. <laughs> the greenback may soon be a goner. This is already in the process in different countries, Australia and different places right now. A cashless society. 
The third question I had is how can this be kept up with on a worldwide scale? I mean, how, how could, in 1960, how can anybody keep up with people all over the world that are a part of this and those marks and those numbers and they can't buy, they can't sell, you know, if it goes through the scanner and it doesn't read out your information, then you can't buy and you can't sell. Well, folks, we know now. The Internet emerged in the late 1980s. The World Wide Web in 1989. It's now easily explained how all of this can be kept up with. Big Brother is watching. The last thing I share with you today. Now, you've got to understand, this might mean more to me than you, although probably many of you are close to my age. But understand, in 196, just 49 years ago, folks, remember how we read, these things will shortly come to pass. Do you remember that when I read the first passage of Scripture for today? And now it's just accepted. This is why you know the Bible's true and the inspired Word of God. The third question was, or not the third question, but the third characteristic is the severe persecution of Christians worldwide. And that's in Revelation all over the book. Jesus foretold that before his second coming in Matthew 24, 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now you might say, well, Brother Jack, you didn't really doubt that in 19... 68, did you? I did. Now, let me tell you why. In 1968, there was a revival going on. Believe it or not, it was the Jesus movement. I know there was a lot of fanfare and a lot of fake and phony, but thousands and thousands were saved during that time. The Billy Graham Crusades were packed out. The Baptisms in evangelical churches, Southern Baptist Convention were like at an all-time high. The seminaries had to start new classes on church growth because the Bible-believing churches were growing. The liberal churches were declining. Folks, it was awesome. Suddenly there was an interest in verse-by-verse -verse Bible study. Folks didn't want to just hear a little topical message <laughs> They wanted to see what every word meant and all. Oh, they began to dig in the Word of God and folks began to have home Bible studies and the doors to the mission field were beginning to open in places that never opened before. I mean, it, it looked like we we're almost going to usher in the second coming because we were really making an impact for the Lord in 1968. And about the worst persecution I can remember is, is maybe somebody would make fun of you because you were a Christian and you held certain convictions, but that was about it. But the Bible says before the coming of Christ, it'll be a different story. Just briefly look at these passages from Revelation, chapter 6, verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. That's why I always, again and again, I say to this wonderful church, always teach and preach the Bible. You say, of course we are. It's going to get more and more difficult. I'm reading a book now by a very capable author on the persecution that's coming to the United States. 
It's amazing. He looks at Supreme Court decisions and he shows how God, with every decision, seemed to have taken his hand more and more off this nation. Now, he says we will not so much see physical persecution like many are seeing throughout the world today, but we will see social persecution and economic persecution. It's only a matter of time before churches like this will lose their tax-exempt status because we preach hate language. We call sin, sin. Well, let them have it. Okay? Well, he saw souls of those who had been slain for the Word of God. Look at Revelation 13, 7. The Antichrist actually makes war. You say, Jack, isn't this in the tribulation period? Are we going to be raptured before then? I believe we will, but I guarantee you, you'll see this shaping up before the rapture. You'll feel the sprinkle before the downpour. And he makes war with the saints, and he overcomes the saints all over the world. Revelation 13, 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. We'll talk about that maybe next week, this image of the beast. What could that have meant? Makes more sense today than then. And as many as would not worship the image of the beast, you'll be killed. Did you know that today, every month, and this is from the open door ministry that focuses on martyrs. It's, it's a very substantial group to get your statistics from. Each month, 322 churches, uh, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. Did you hear that? Every month, an average of 322 Christians are killed for their faith. Today, 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians. Christianity Today, which is also a pretty solid and sound magazine, says for the third year in a row, the modern persecution of Christians worldwide has hit another record high. In 1968, it didn't look like that. It looked like it was going the opposite direction. Scratched my head. How could it be? Well, now we understand how it could be. I saved chapter 20 and verse 4b to the last because the Bible said in Revelation, written around, written around A.D. 90 or something, then I saw the souls of those who had been, look at this. I still remember reading this in 1968. Beheaded for their witness to Jesus. And so on. And I thought, beheaded. 1968, who's being beheaded? They gonna bring the guillotine back? I really thought that. And I thought, beheaded, that's got to be just symbolic. You think it's symbolic today? I do not think so. Fox News said beheading and imprisonment and eviction. May 2015, I don't know what the latest stats are, the worst year on record for the persecution of Christians. ISIS beheaded 30 Ethiopian Christians. You remember seeing that on TV? They film it. Saudi Arabia carried out at least 157 executions by beheading. My goodness, how literal.
So what do we do? Emily's going to sing an offertory song. I know she's going to play it. I think she's going to sing it that she wrote about prayer. And she said, will it fit in? Yes. We pray. We keep proclaiming the word of God and the gospel. And we persevere. And let's don't leave Revelation, especially when we talk about the persecution, without remembering that wonderful verse 11 of chapter 12. And they overcame him. Oh, it's going to be so horrible. Christians are going to be defeated. No, it may look like it on the outside. No, they're not going to be defeated. Because they overcame him. That's the devil and all of his minions that serve him, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the world system. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They trusted that Jesus died for their sins on the cross and believed on him and were saved. That's how we'll overcome him, folks. Be saved. Be forgiven of your sin. Connect with God in a personal relationship. And by the word of their testimony, they were not ashamed to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Didn't matter who laughed at them. And they did not love their lives to death. They took up the cross and followed Jesus Christ. I've shared this with you a lot, but nobody could say things like Adrian Rogers. And he said, when you look at things that are happening in the world today, you have a tendency to be pessimistic and say, oh my, what's the world coming to? He said, Christians, especially those who know the Bible, ought to be optimistic and say, praise God, look who is coming to the world. Amen? You can say amen, we'll permit it. Let's stand together and pray. Oh, it is my desire, dear Lord, that my brothers and sisters would be encouraged today, enlightened today. I pray, God, that we would be encouraged to remember the Word of God is so true. It is so true, so inspired by you. There's no way people writing almost 2,000 years ago could have known these things that are taking place before our eyes today. I pray, Lord, that this would encourage us to realize the coming of Christ really seems to be very near as these signs begin to be fulfilled before our very eyes. And I pray, oh, Father God, that we'll not be underachievers, but we will be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we will be fully committed like never before. Christian brothers and sisters, we need to be sold out to Christ in these last days. If you've never received him, his blood meant his death on the cross for our sins. Trust him today as Savior and Lord. Come down this aisle, confess him. Don't be ashamed to confess Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And he won't be ashamed to confess you at his coming. If there are other decisions that need to be made today, you feel free to come and make them publicly. I'll be standing down front as the invitation song is sung. May God bless you in Christ's name.